welcome to another episode of the Aquatic Mentors podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Van Eyck. And in this episode, I interview an amazing industry professional who has years of experience in the aquatics field and brings her love for swimming and yoga together to build programs that encourage and calm young swimmers. So please extend a big welcome to the podcast for Shannon Townsend. Shannon took the jump into teaching swimming when she was 13 years old, helping the local club teach the younger children. She then continued this baptism of fire by taking on the role of swim teacher for the younger primary school levels at her local school pool, where she built a team around her and developed her own very first swim school at the age of 18. Once graduating from school, Shannon went on to study a Bachelor of Leisure Management and Applied Science in Movement and Business Management. During her career, Shannon has had many diverse roles, including an aquatics manager at two health resorts, and she continued to participate in aquatic sports and shared her love for swimming with others. In 2010, she opened her own business called Shauna Lifestyle which is focused around facilitating team building workshops, team planning workshops, and adding a spark of fun and enthusiasm to group work. Shannon also presents Swim Australia courses and yoga courses. At the same time, Shannon took on the role as Glennie Aquatics and Clive Berghofer Sports Centre Management at Glennie School in Toowoomba. Shannon calls herself the Chief Excitement Officer and has built her career around water, relaxation, adventure and people. Fun and music are also in store when you spend time with Shannon. Her ukulele is never far from her side and we enjoy watching her strum a good tune around water safety at the conferences she attends. Through today's episode, Shannon shares some insights into her work as well as her thoughts on swimming in Australia and where she sees swimming moving to in the future. Please share the hidden gems you find in Shannon's interview on our Facebook page, Aquatic Mentors, and you will find all her contact details listed at the end of our show notes. If you want to share your aquatic story, please contact me via my email, regionalswimclinics at outlook.com. That's regionalswimclinics at outlook.com. And also jump on our website, uh, it's aquaticmentors.com.au, to check out our ebook that we put together for season one. So now let's jump in and find out more about Shannon's journey in swimming. So, Shannon, how did you start your journey in swimming? Well, I started in swimming lessons, really, didn't I? Probably in the bathtub, I would imagine. I do, one of my first memories is of being in my my cousin's grandparents' pool and playing around in there with my family. And, you know, like my dad was in the pool with me and my cousins were in there. So that was a good memory. My mum does say to me, I was at swimming lessons when I was about three or four and I used to crack up. The swimming teacher said, well, let's just give it one more week and if she does it again we'll just give it a break and so that week I then got in and swam beautifully and decided I loved it and from then on I've been swimming wow. uh, and then I started doing mini squads and all the rest of it as time went on I just love being in the water honestly it, for me it's about 
just being in the water. I was always the last person out, probably drive my mother crazy now that I have my own children and they are the last ones in. I think, oh, yep, that's payback for sure. I love payback when it comes to kids. Yeah. And in terms of teaching swimming, so I was in a swimming club and they had started Saturday morning swimming lessons. And they asked me if I'd like to come and teach swimming when I was 13. So I said, sure. And so off I went and turned up on that first day and they pretty much gave me a few kids and said, there you go, teach them to swim. So that was how I learned to be a swimming teacher, which I think was very good, in fact, because it made me creative about it. And they would always then give me all of the difficult children, which may have also been a little bit of payback, I suppose, from my own swimming early on. Um, But I loved it. I loved the challenge of trying to get them to, you know, enjoy the water and just learn to swim, but also settle down. Amazing to have that introduction and baptism of fire when you're (laughs) 13 to be teaching and being thrown the kids that most teachers would be like, ah. So to be able to have, yeah, that baptism of fire and teaching these kids, but have the, the knowledge and the drive to teach them that they enjoy swimming and come out of it and completely change their persona to swimming. Yeah, absolutely. I, as I said, I love water and for me it's such a fabulous thing and I have been very lucky to be able to share that and I guess that started as the 13-year-old with those kids that didn't necessarily love it so much and many that also did. Yeah. Well done. That's amazing. And so now that's led you to what you do now, which if you'd like to explain to us. Well, I suppose I've taken a bit of a windy journey to get to where I am right now. So as I said, I started teaching swimming as a 13-year-old. I then, well, I started a couple of swim schools, one when I was 18 with my swim coach at the school pool that I worked at and got to teach the grade one, twos and threes swimming because he didn't want to do it anymore. So he pretty much said to me, do you want to do that? And I said, sure. And then the kids turned up with a whole lot of parent helpers and he wasn't there. It was just me with these people. So I sort of created a bit of a system in assessing them and putting the time going from group to group with the children and then I'd move on. And it was actually awesome and really successful. So that was good. That was, I guess, when I started teaching people to be swimming teachers and Then I moved to Brisbane, went to uni. I was doing a degree in leisure management, working for various swim schools, but then started working at a gym that had a pool. No one was using it. So I started a swim school there. And then I, you know, like I've I've done some other cool jobs. I worked at a health retreat as a PE person. I was getting paid to play. It was awesome. And then I went to work on an island resort. I was the activities manager. So again, getting paid to play, very cool, fun. Yeah. Started a couple of swim schools, worked in some cool jobs, did lots of water activities myself, played lots of water polo, did some surf lifesaving, rode surf boats, lot of scuba diving up on the the island Uh, so I did all of that and then I went to Tasmania and I managed to come back to Toowoomba with my two children and just got a job teaching a bit of swimming again after doing various other things and always probably teaching swimming to anyone who would listen to me when I was in any pool or body of water anywhere that I could see someone needed some help really so I never ever stopped 
And then, yeah, I, I got the job here at Glenny, which is a school in Toowoomba, an all-girls school, as the Learn to Swim coordinator. And I've been here ever since in various roles. And my current role is now the centre manager of the Clive Burke Offer Sports Centre, which is three indoor courts, a cafe, a 25-metre pool, a brand-new program pool and also gymnastics so it's pretty busy place wow yeah what a history what an experience you've had and then to accumulate it into a job that you've got now with such a yeah a busy role but exciting different sports so many different roles involved in it that's absolutely fantastic what a great history yeah, it's, I've really enjoyed it. I've been very lucky. I've had some awesome jobs and this one included. Yeah. Wow. I can imagine you having a good play when you're up on the resort island. Oh, oh yes. It was, um, it was Dunk Island. I've heard of it. Referred to as Drunk Island. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you want to cut that bit out. I'm not sure. <laughs> it adds to it. It's all good. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. So with such a, a full history of different water sports and your time in swimming, uh, what's the lesson that you've learnt in your journey? The lesson that I've learnt on my journey, I think it is to continue to enjoy the water and help other people to do the same. Love it. Which is a very simple lesson, but in fact, I think that's what it all comes down to. Yeah. I really like that. Very simple, but very direct and right to enjoy what you do and then be able to spread that passion too. Yes. Good way. <laughs> I love how simple it is. <laughs> and so what's been a highlight in your journey so far? I've had many, I must say, but in the last couple of years, one of the really amazing things that I was able to do was go to the Caribbean and teach firstly teach will instruct courses and run sort of water safety sessions for adults and children and while I was there doing that we came up with the idea of running a summer camp for the children who are often not taught to swim so you would think with this beautiful beautiful water that everyone you would just assume that people would swim Mm. However, many of them don't and many of them don't have the the funding to actually afford to have swimming lessons. So, yeah, I, I went with five, well, four staff and my daughter as well, who was 12 at the time, and we taught 150 children to swim over three weeks in the beautiful, beautiful, clear waters of the Caribbean. It was honestly absolutely unreal. It was such a fantastic experience to have those children swimming and to see where they started and where they ended up and to develop the relationships with them and to do it in the ocean, in that ocean over there, which is, it really is just so beautiful. So very privileged to have that experience. Wow, amazing. And what a great experience to see. Like I suppose in a swim school, you see kids come and go and they develop. And I suppose when you're managing it, you don't really get that time to see the individual kid a lot of it. But in a program like that, when you're changing a whole community, because if they're learning to swim, they're going to be able to share it with their family. 
and you know take maybe use it to be able to earn money from and things like that so and stay safe I think that's amazing to be able to see that journey and connect with those kids and next time you're going let me know (laughs) there's there's plenty of people who'd like to come along I'm quite sure (laughs) and there's plenty of children over there that need uh, teaching so and not only in the Caribbean but all over the world Another really cool thing that we did here at the Glennie Aquatic Centre was that 14 of us went to Vietnam in 2016 on a swim mission and did swimming lessons with Swim Vietnam for eight days in Hoi An and then we also got to do some travelling and adventure while we were there and that was also another absolutely amazing experience. So I've been very lucky to Wow, that's amazing to be able to experience that and there's so many people out there that want to be able to travel unfortunately with COVID we can't but you know to be able to do your passion and teach and travel at the same time what an experience to offer. Yeah I was doing some type of professional development or some type of reading at some stage and I had written that that's what I would like to do to travel and share my love of water and working with large groups of people yeah and I found it recently and I went huh I've done that (laughs) I mean that's not to say that I will not continue doing it but it was interesting to just find it and read it and see that tick achieve wow what a come to be able to find that find it and go through it and realize that you've achieved that dream and that goal that you've set years ago that's fantastic Mm. they say you write your goals down and they happen well yes and it is interesting to go back through them and you know, one of the other really awesome things about the Caribbean experience is that there was lots of people and not just myself and my team members that went involved in it. I Because when we run our school swimming, I've got a bit of a system and we colour code the caps and all of the rest of it. And I asked swim schools around Australia if they would give me sort of 10 to 15 caps so that when we actually went, we could group these children, but they would also be known as, say, for example, the Georgie Park swim team or the Kids Alive team or the um, Hills swimming team or the Bubbles team. And so we had, I think there was about 15 or 20 different swim schools that gave me caps and yeah it was just so cool to have all these different people also involved and watching the journey as we were over there. Yeah. Well, what a connection too to be able to do that, to be able to donate it. It's a safety precaution as well. You can group the kids together. But, you know, those kids would have loved the fact that they were connected in that team with that swim cap and to be able to connect it back here to Australia as well. That's fantastic. Good work. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So was there anyone that's played a big role in your swimming journey, whether it be a mentor or a family or a coach? I think... I wouldn't say there's any one particular person, honestly. I've, I guess a lot of it's been self-driven just because I like water and I like to experience different things. So I've, you know, led myself in various different directions. And when I've been in those different places, there's always been amazing people to help me learn and grow. And so I, I remember my first swimming teacher and 
my family being very good supporters of me and not only everything that's happened with water, but pretty much anything that I've done in my life, I think probably they're the most important supporters of all. Mm-hmm. Um, and having really awesome experiences with them in the water. My dad used to be a surfer, so he, you know, would always be in the water with us, teaching us how to catch the waves and swimming coach who I loved for a certain period of time that I then started the swim school with and actually his son is now the head coach here at the Glennie Aquatic Centre. Wow what a full circle turnaround. How many circles? Yeah wow to be able to make a connection with someone and have them influence you and now you can do that with their children that's a fantastic. Yeah it's a pretty awesome thing. Yeah (laughs) I love it. So what advice would you give to a new swim teacher or a coach coming through the system? I would give them the advice to be creative, watch what other people are doing, ask lots of questions, read and learn from various different people and Also, I think a little bit of fake it till you make it is a good thing too because you can be told what to do and how to do things, but like as a 13-year-old being thrown in and just having to do it I think was actually very good for my journey as, you know, as I've gone through this because I had to make it up as I went and learn as I went. Some people are happy to do that and others maybe not so much. So I think just take what you can from as many different sources as you can and and draw the little things that resonate with you. I love that. It's something that's come up quite a few times, that sort of continuous learning, but learning in different ways. You know, you don't have to sit there and do a course. You can go and learn by just watching and observing or reading or watching videos, things like that are a big role. So always continuing to learn, but being creative, really good point coming in. I suppose you see it as a bit of a teaching role and new ones can come in and just think it is just that you have to follow these lesson plans and, you know, set out guidelines and that's it. But there's so much creativity we can bring into the role and practice and experimentation. That's a really good piece of advice to be able to hand on absolutely I do think that younger people that come in if we give them the license to be a little bit creative we can learn so much from them Uh, people who've been in it for a while would look and say oh I didn't think about doing it that way so if we give them the opportunity to have a little bit of bit of a free go then you just never know what everyone might learn That's right. They bring new knowledge to the area. They bring new ideas. And it's an age thing as well. To be able to give them the freedom to play and design and experiment with the kids, it also gives the kids a bit of a resilience as well because they're having to adapt and run at the same time. I believe in setting guidelines and then sort of letting it go to a certain extent, but also checking that people are staying within the guidelines and helping them to improve but also you know having that bit of creativity 
Yeah, that's right. Yep. So looking at that, what does swimming look like for you in the future? Well, I've been thinking about how is technology going to play a part in what we do? Because I'm not sure that robots could actually ever get into a pool and teach swimming. However, you probably can never say never. It is a hands-on thing. Into the future, though, I think we really need to be making sure that it's fun and enjoyment for both the teachers and the children. We need to teach them to swim and to be safer in the water. We also need to continue to create those relationships and to play and have fun because playing and having fun helps with learning. It makes learning better. But it also will keep people in the water and in the pool for longer and therefore becoming stronger swimmers and safer swimmers as we go along. If it's boring, if we just go this cookie cutter deal, people won't want to do it. The attention span of children is less and less and probably all of us because of the devices that we have. So we need to keep it upbeat and exciting so that people want to stay engaged in it. It needs to be fun so that people want to keep on doing it. Fun and obviously beneficial in terms of being safer. Very true. That's the thing. It is our number one core is to have it that they are safer and that that's our number one goal is that they're safe in the water. But then to be able to do that and to encourage them to stay that fun element and enjoyment for both the swimmer and the teacher because if the teacher's not engaged, they're not going to engage the children in the process as well. So to be able to offer that to both be engaged, be fun and be entertaining. These kids are going to stay in it for longer. And like you said, they're going to be a lot safer in the long run. And I spoke to another lady, I believe it was Tanya, for her podcast. She says to her families, if you can just stay in squad for two years and just be able to get that fitness level up after the learn to swim, you know that they get caught out in the ocean, things like that. They're fit enough. They're not just technique correct they're actually fit enough to be able to handle a big swim and those sort of troubles that they get into in the ocean yeah I agree with that and from my experience of my own children who are 12 and 13 they no longer actually train because they pretty much did every swimming everything for their whole lives up until they were sort of 11 and 10 but they were fit they're still fit on land a lot in the water without actually doing squad but only when they're at that point of being in those squads for around about two years I still get into the ocean with them they can now catch waves but only did I start to feel that I was comfortable to not be right there with them so I do think that that's a very important thing that we need to encourage and make people understand that just being able to swim 15 metres and breathe to the side is not actually swimming. I mean, it is, but it's not strong enough or safe enough to really get yourself out of trouble. And, I mean, even someone who's an absolutely brilliant swimmer can get into trouble anywhere at any time, depending on various circumstances but certainly we do need to try and keep people in until they can swim and gather their fitness and their strength in the water 
And part of that is making it fun so they want to keep on coming because if we're just making them swim the laps and do the drills and not have any fun, then it, it becomes boring. It becomes a challenge for parents who already have so much going on and they just give up the fight. I think I'm not going to argue about this anymore. However, if the kids really want to come and keep on swimming, then winner on both sides. Yeah, that's right. Yep, they're engaged, you're enjoying it. The parents want to bring them back because they're not complaining every single time that, oh, I don't want to go to swimming. Yeah. <laughs> it works for both sides. And then it keeps people employed in the sport as well. Yes, indeed. <laughs> How can we as an individual and an industry promote and develop Learn to Swim and the competitive side to encourage more participants but do it all with less funding? Oh, my gosh, that is a huge question. <laughs> just I, to of, I think I need a lot of time to think about that. Yep. I'm just sort of more looking for ideas of things that, you know, maybe worked in your roles that I suppose it haven't needed so much funding so we don't rely on as much funding and give people things and hints they can do that can just go oh that's a good idea I can do that I've already got that stuff here and maybe generate a bit more interest in it Mm. well I think it sort of comes back to some of the things that I've said before if we can entertain people and keep it creative and obviously learn the important skills we have the pools we have the people so we just need to think about how do we actually make that more entertaining so that people want to stay. If we can keep them in and entertained and getting stronger and safer as we go, then they might be more likely to move into the competitive phase of things. I think it's important that teams of people, like staff teams, gather together to share ideas and are able to be involved in this type of thing. So what I would generally do in this instance would I would use my creative facilitation skills and I'd get out my big pieces of paper and my colourful pens and we would do some crazy activities to sort of get us warmed up in some way, you know, some maybe cross-crawling or do some type of crazy grouping activity or just do something a bit silly or, you know, talk about gratefulness or whatever it might be. And then I would get them involved in questioning them and trying to, you know, draw out some of these answers, which I call a brain harvest. So I think I need more time to brain harvest my ideas on this one, Katrina. (laughs) But I think it's about community and relationship because if we have, the relationships and we develop the strong sense of community then people will want to come back anyway because people are looking for connection and belonging and if we make pools places of that then people are more likely to stay on for extended periods of time and maybe we need less funding and I also feel like one of the largest sports in Australia or participation activities whether it's competition or just swimming for fitness or fun that we have an amazing opportunity to actually teach people so many other things while they're they're at the pool with us so I've had this idea for quite some time and I haven't yet 
managed to completely nail it, but we've done it a few times, is to get the kids to sort of do some cross-crawling activities and some bilateral movement on land before they get into the pool, making their brains more balanced, ready to actually, you know, get in and swim and learn. And for them to be able to learn to breathe outside of the water, but then take that into the pool, then you've got like a bit of a double whammy where you're actually teaching someone an important skill to calm themselves down. Well, in the water, when you're swimming, you're also doing breath control. So you're already learning how to do that. You already know how to do that. So when you're feeling stressed out about something or angry about something, you can just think about your breath because you actually know how to do it. So for me, there's so many things around swimming as well as within swimming itself that we can do to keep people involved and engaged. But I do think it comes back to community and belonging and fun because it's got to be fun. <laughs> and I love that it's tied in with a lot of what you've said through the podcast is, yeah, it's got to be fun, it's got to be engaging, but then you're bringing that community atmosphere into it as well. And building the community around the program, I think, is a really great way of connecting. And then also, I really like your idea of bringing those life skills or those skills to be able to cope with challenging situations outside of the water and bring them into the water. Because a lot of the time, they will work across each other, Um, whether you're nervous about a race or nervous about getting into the pool and putting your face in. And then you can also be nervous out on dry land with the situation that's happening as well. So to be able to cross-promote those, both situations work really well. And I really like your thinking there and how you're getting them engaged and thinking on both sides. I often tell parents who are having their, their children are sort of thinking, oh, we might like to stop swimming, that it's beneficial for so many more things than swimming and being safer in the water. It is balanced activity for your body. So you're keeping your whole body balanced. Also your brain by doing the cross crawling swimming type movements, you're actually learning to control your breath because you're in the pool and you have to control your breath. So that's an excellent thing for outside of the pool. You're clearing your head because you're in the water So that helps you with your learning and your schoolwork and everything. So there's lots of reasons to keep on going. Mm. Yeah, and that's it. And to be able to get them out there and get the family's knowledge of them and even the children to understand how it's all connected. I remember when I was young, uh, I was a horse rider and my mum used to instruct and you'd always get the kids going, oh, no, I don't want to do dressage and I don't want to do all that dancey, prancy stuff. I just want to get in and jump and race. And she always used to say to them, well, the dancey, prancy stuff helps your horse be a lot more supple and be able to bend and move and jump and be able to develop that speed and that the, the way to move. And so they were cross-related and a lot of kids then actually realised there was a benefit to it. So to be able to bring that in as well in swimming just brings another element to both the fam and the kids. Definitely. Good work. Well, that's been absolutely fantastic, knowing your history now and what you've been able to do for swimming in Australia and worldwide. And to be able to share that, thank you so much for your time. 
giving us that little bit of rundown on your life in swimming. Thank you. Good on you for making a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Just something to fill the time. It's been good. (laughs) Yeah, good on you. Awesome. (laughs) Perfect.